Hi, I'm Samantha Boffin, and this is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing, the podcast that helps you find, prep, and direct the perfect voice artists for your projects so you can get the most from every single booking. Hello, I'm Sam, and this is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. Today, we're going to be chatting about how to brief your voiceover and why it matters. And actually, how does that even fit in with creativity? Because briefing sounds, well, not that exciting. And surely just getting in there and actually directing is the thing. But whether it's a 12-hour audiobook that the talent is recording at home or a 10-second sting that you're directing down the line, the better prepped you and your voiceover are before pressing the record button the more chance you'll have of getting the end product that you really want. A good creative brief means there'll be less faffing and a clear idea of what you're both trying to achieve. Because one of the strange things about the voiceover game is there's not a lot of rehearsal time once you're in the session. And being handed or sent the script minutes before you start to record doesn't give the voiceover much time to pull everything together. To be fair, if you're doing regular or repeat work with the same voices, briefing every time could feel like overkill. But it's always a good idea to check in with yourself once in a while, to make sure you're not getting stale and just churning out the same old ideas and asking for the same read time after time. So, you've found the voice you want and you've booked them. You may never have worked with them before, or maybe you work with them a lot. Either way... Checking in is a good start. Just the act of pulling a brief together makes you really think about what you're trying to do with each individual project. And you might even find out that your voice artist can offer something new or unexpected if there's a bit of space to explore. As a director, I loved it if I booked a voice and then discovered they could bring an extra something I hadn't even thought of to the read. In fact, there's one well-known voice that we used for loads of different stuff on CBeebies, who would pretty much run through his entire repertoire of voices at the start of every session, including all the straight stuff, whenever we booked him. I thought he was just really funny at the time, and I loved getting him in, but now I think about it, it was probably just his way of letting us know he had this amazing range. So what does a good creative brief cover? What do you need to include, and why? Your brief should help your voice talent to understand what you're hoping to achieve with this particular piece of work and where they can really add value. The hope is that it will get them thinking. Plus, it will help to keep your messaging straight. Sign-off on almost any creative work often moves between internal teams and external clients, so making sure that everyone is on the same page is really helpful. Working without a brief might even mean mixed messages, disappointed clients, hold-ups or extra expense if your voice isn't fully prepped or work has to be sent back or rebooked. The voiceover is key. And as we all know, the wrong voice, even the right voice wrongly briefed or directed, can make or break the success of a project. And you'll be happy to hear that a good brief doesn't have to be complex. Some of the points I'm going to cover might only require a word or two, or pulling together some resources and assets. Experienced voices may not require a huge amount of briefing. They just need to know what you're hoping to achieve, a nudge in the right direction. But if you work with the same talent week in, week out, missing out the brief stage might mean you get the same approach every time. 
which is easy, but it could get a bit dull, and if the listener hears the same kind of thing all the time, it all becomes a bit wallpapery and stale, and your message gets lost. Whether your session is going to be directed, directed remotely or self-directed, a brief is simply good practice, and an actual chat over the phone is great. Voices always want to do their job well, and whilst a voice is happy to take responsibility for interpreting a script, a good director's input can make such a difference. So where do we start? I think there are six main things to consider. And the most important one, as always, is who is your listener? While you might be tempted to say, everyone between the ages of 18 to 80, it's important to let your voice know who they're talking to. Knowing whether you're talking to a businesswoman in her 50s or a young parent in their 20s can make a big difference to getting the delivery right. We voices can make a guess, usually from the script or the topic, but only you will know exactly who you want to reach. And why are you talking to them? What do you want them to do or feel? Ultimately, you might want them to buy your product, implement some changes or simply be more informed about Stonehenge. But it's also worth seeing if you can add in an emotional context. What do you want them to feel? That can give your message another dimension and make it really resonate. I don't want to go all woo, because I'm not very woo, but if you can let your voice know that you want to inspire the listener or make them feel nostalgic, uplifted, motivated or simply make them smile, that can be so useful to know. It gives us a motivation. We'll know whether to make it conversational and light or give the script some gravitas or just a little twist. Another bit of info. Knowing what the voiceover will be used for and where it will be played, for instance, is also a key bit of information that isn't always obvious to the voice unless they're told. I've voiced corporate films that are going to be played out on a big screen in the middle of a major conference, as well as videos that are designed to sit on a website and be viewed in a more intimate setting. On the face of it, they were very similar kinds of scripts. But once you know the context, that can shape the delivery. And if you understand that before the session, you can save everyone valuable time. The second thing to consider is what role is your voiceover playing? Because they are always playing a role. Voices are never just playing themselves. Many voiceovers are actors, so this is totally their comfort zone. If I'm told that, for this piece, I'm a storyteller or a best friend a tough CEO, a tired mum or a favourite teacher. That's really useful for me. And for corporate work, am I part of the company? Or am I an outside expert talking to the company? Or am I nothing to do with the company at all? Those things can make my delivery very different. So if we just look back at points one and two, it could be as simple as saying to your voice, look, this is a radio ad for a local estate agents. They specialise in retirement homes. They want to get potential buyers to give them a call. You're talking to Jean. She's 65, 70 and wants to downsize but doesn't know where to start. You're one of the company agents, but you understand where Jean's coming from. Maybe you've been through the same thing with your own mum. We just want you friendly, chatty, empathetic. So just a short paragraph, a few points to set the scene. Point number three is how do you want them to sound? 
Now, this is probably the section that you need to approach with a light touch, but this is a brief, so you can be brief, but clear. Many voices can get a script with just one word like warm, and, as always, it depends how often you've worked with this particular voice, or how intuitive they seem to you. Having a bank of words to choose from to explain what you're looking for can be really helpful. Words like upbeat, friendly, soothing, sassy, movie trailer big, chatty, and so on. I'll put a longer list in the show notes. Overbriefing can be as problematic as underbriefing, so less is often more. Start off with one or two key words. You can always give more info during the directing session or nearer the time if you need to. And if they already have a read in one of their demos that's bang on for what you need, do let them know. We're looking for trustworthy and smiley, like that read you did for Dulux, or whatever. Many of the ideas around the sound will come from the information you've already given in points one and two, and also from the language in the script itself. Just try not to say, we want you to sound like Andrew Scott, because our secret reaction will either be, oh God, I'll never sound like Andrew Scott, or it might be, then why didn't you hire Andrew Scott? So it's not as helpful as you'd hope. Point four is really straightforward, but it's something that is often overlooked. If you're sending a script, make sure it's really ready. And I mean really actually ready. Sometimes scripts are unfinished, or cluttered with lots of information, editing notes and revisions, or just stuff the voiceover doesn't need. We like a bit of space to scribble, so generous line spacing can be great, and a script that reads properly, with accurate upsound or cues in the right places. The script you send over is often all the voice has to work with, so the clearer, the better. A script with correct pronunciations is great. We're very used to cross-checking words and pronunciations in advance, and actually, there are often so many in a medical or botanical script that it's probably easier to leave us to it, But if it's a more standard script, with a few tricky words or unusual names, then clarification can be a help. There are some great apps and websites to help with pronunciations. Forvo.com, Forvo, and How'd You Say are my favourites, and dictionaries with audio prompts. Again, I like the Oxford English, but you just need to find a reliable one that works for you. I've put these in the show notes. Phonetic spelling is good, and if you can, even give rhymes for specific words or include a little voice recording. I do regular work for a Turkish airline, and the team always sends over little recordings for me of place names, set at the right pace, and broken down into separate sounds. Numbers, including phone numbers, often trip voices up. Is it 7701, or 7701, or 77001? Let your voice know what you want. And it's always worth knowing with foreign words or phrases whether you want near-native pronunciation or not. Script timings and duration can be a headache for voices, and, well, one of the biggest issues is a script that's just too long. When I was writing scripts to time, the rule of thumb was three words per second. We were often writing to very specific timings between programmes, and we'd try to add in an extra half a second or so if not more, so there was a bit of wiggle room for the voices to add emphasis. I have lost count of the amount of 30-second scripts that are actually more like 40 seconds long. 
If you can, do your own guide voice and read it out loud to double-check that it works to time. It can be really frustrating to get a spot that's overwritten or doesn't leave any room for pauses. It just becomes a wall of sound. Now, I really understand that the client often wants everything in the copy, but a well-paced script with time and space to land the idea is so much more effective. Also, on timing, if the voice track needs to be timed to visuals or set points, do let the voice know that in advance too. Which brings me on to point five, useful assets. It's hugely helpful when you know what visuals and music are going to be used with your voice. So if you have a video or a rough cut of the sound with or without a guide voice, do send it over. In fact, feel free to send both voiced and unvoiced over. Many professional voices are able to voice to picture in their booths and being able to read against a clean animatic or audio with no voice is just brilliant. Some voices won't get off on this, but others will. I do. It's really worth it. If nothing else, just send the music track over. I often record scripts with the background music in my headphones as it helps me with mood and pacing. It doesn't even need to be cut to time if you haven't got to that point yet. Just punt it over as it is. And another thing are any previous commercials or videos in a series or other reference materials, like storyboards or pictures or YouTube references. These can be particularly useful for projects like animation work or video games. Anything that helps the voice with visuals or context is so helpful. If this all sounds horribly time-consuming, it doesn't have to be. Each job is different, and none of them require everything. I did a quick look back for points one and two earlier. For points three, four and five, you just need to send over something like this. We need you to sound reassuring but confident, like the second read on your commercial reel. That's perfect. And here's the script and music we're thinking of using. And this was the ad we did for them last month. It's a similar kind of thing. That's all you need to do. And lastly, point six. It's so useful at this stage to let your voice know about any timelines or deliverables. Strictly speaking, this is a brief, so all the stuff like recording specs, file formats, number of reads, delivery methods, blah, 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 they don't need to be covered. But if you have them and want to include them, that's excellent. Then they're done. I'll go over these in more detail in the episode on remote directing. Clarifying the deadline or the recording session dates is really important, though. When do you need the files? Do you have an on-air date or any edits booked in that are fixed? Be really specific so that we can get that time booked in. What we haven't really covered in this episode is another different kind of brief. The brief that enables the voiceover to cost the project in the first place. This can be a really important part of some voiceover jobs, but I'm not covering that brief today. (laughs) I'll look into that in the future. So to sum up how to creatively brief your voiceover... 1. Be clear about who your listener is and why you're talking to them. 2. Clarify what role the voiceover is playing. 3. Let them know how you want them to sound, but remember, this is quite a light touch. 4. Make sure your script is really ready. 5. Gather together and share any useful assets. and 6. Let them know about timelines and possibly deliverables. So a great way to start would be to get all your ideas down in an email, then pick up the phone, have a short chat, and then send the email over as confirmation. 
The brief is meant to be exactly that. Brief. And most of this is common sense, stuff that helps to support your talent and get the best possible creative result for everyone. I really hope it was helpful. In the next episode, we'll be looking at remote voiceover directing sessions, something that looks set to continue for the foreseeable future. Directing voices when you're not actually in the same space is not unusual, especially at the moment, but it has its own unique challenges. So until then, this is Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. And I'm Samantha. Speak soon. Bye. That's it for this week on Talking Creative, the art of voiceover directing. If you're new here, do take a moment to subscribe, rate and review on your favourite podcast app or head over to talkingcreative.co.uk where you'll find the whole series so you can get the most from every single booking.